0: This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL.
1: Guess what, Nick Warwatt? Guess what? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. What? It is time for the start of the NHL regular season. Hello, hello and welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. Horat. you're you're awful at unscripted stuff here at the beginning. I was I was trying to take a note
0: and you hit me with that. I was like, "What's going on? I'm trying to like write something down." Uh
1: well, welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. My name is Nick Berlansky. As always, I'm joined by Nick Horwat, who is dutifully writing down notes here at the beginning of the show, always prepared. Horwat, we are in the first week of the NHL regular season. It hasn't started Just yet, but tomorrow, the Penguins will kick the entire thing off. 32 teams, 1,300 NHL games, plus a couple extra because I'm not good at math. All starting with the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Tampa Bay Lightning tomorrow evening. It's so exciting that one, hockey's back. Two, we actually get to see each other in person for the first time since last November. So it's an exciting week. Here at the tip of the iceberg, it's an exciting week for everybody that follows the NHL. And it's an exciting week for fans of Sidney Crosby, because he's back at practice. We'll talk about that, we'll wrap up training camp, we'll talk about our preseason predictions, and then we'll finish this episode with our Pens poll. Horwat, let's start with a training camp wrap-up. Sidney Crosby, on Saturday, returned to team practice for the first time this season much earlier than we probably expected him to return. Now, there are a couple of other hurdles that he needs to jump through. He's probably not going to play at all on the Florida trip, but he will travel with the team to practice. So that's good news on the Crosby front. Good news, realistically, all around for the Pittsburgh Penguins, especially because we finally have our answer for who is going to be Mike Matheson's D partner this year, and it's going to be Sidney Crosby.
0: Yeah, I was in the middle... (laughs) of uh, writing a story that Crosby is practicing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just in general, just, hey, he's practicing with two hands. Here's like a quick Crosby update. I was in the middle of writing that story for the fan when um, I think I saw Taylor Haas tweeted it first Mm -hmm. and said, hey, Crosby's with the team. And I went, he's what? He's what now? Uh, So there goes my entire story. I just kind of added it to the end and said, hey, he's also practicing with the team as of today. Yeah, Did not get to the point where... I was able to add in that he's traveling with the team, which despite the fact that he might not play, that's way more than we were
1: expecting, yeah. right? When was six weeks supposed to be? like? Six weeks was supposed to be up exactly a week after the season started, which would have been during that first homestand, because if we all yeah. know the schedule right now, it is the fact that the Penguins, after playing two games on the road, will be at home for the majority of the rest of the month of October.
0: It's like ten. It's like their first... 10 games or home games or something like that yeah they have um, two road games t- and then
1: they have like eight a, an eight game home yeah. or something ridiculous like that so the fact yeah, that crosby's it's... going on a trip that realistically is the only road trip of october means something i don't know if it means a lot but it means something that he'll be with the team maybe there's like
0: because it's like the battle of the back-to-backs in game one maybe there's some like event i don't know first game is it on espn it is uh, maybe there's I don't know maybe media thing I don't know regardless he'll be with the team and it's something to look forward to and apparently he's looked good during practice albeit playing defense <laughs> I tweeted out he's going all in on the selkie this year and <laughs> I mean hell this is the way to do it so it's it's fun to see Crosby back I think all of our talks that we've had of man we're gonna be starting the season with first line center Jeff Carter that's at this day and age that's a little brutal. Jeff Carter really has never been a first-line center. He's had the skill to be, but he's always played behind someone slightly better. Mm-hmm. Let all be, you know, Danny Briere, Anje Kopitar, or Mike Richards for a minute, I think. He's always had someone just slightly better than him. We thought we were going to go into 36-year-old Jeff Carter as the first-line center. And we still are. For the first we couple think, of games. We think.
1: Uh, not, Crosby is not going to be playing in those first two games he's not we'll see i mean even sullivan we'll said see. he's not gonna play
0: okay word i didn't see that part <laughs> yeah he
1: was basically like he, he's doubtful to play probably not going to play but he'll be with the he'll be with the team
0: i cannot wait until game one before game one when we are no we won't be together we'll be they will be the day after
1: i'll be in pittsburgh but not with
0: you in pittsburgh i can't wait till i'm texting you while you're in the same city and mike sullivan <laughs> says Sidney crosby is a quote unquote game time decision because that's the way Mike Sullivan is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I'll, I'll actually be at work that night, so I won't, I'll probably like have to sneak in the text of, hey, he said game time decision.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think you're going to have to worry about sneaking in a text. I don't think that's going to happen. But it is, nonetheless, good to see Sidney Crosby back with the team at practice. It is something that I didn't expect to see prior to the start of the regular season. So it's nice to see him out on the ice. It's nice to see him using both wrists, and it's nice to see the fact that, He is going to be up to speed rather quickly. So the second his wrist is good to go, he will be going for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And that is what they need, especially with the other news that is Jake Gensel, although asymptomatic for COVID-19, he is still not cleared to return to the team. And as we've seen now with Zach aston reese finally coming back, being at team practice, being cleared from the COVID protocol, but still not sure if he's going to start game one just because he needs to get his feet underneath him because he's missed The past two weeks, not skating with the team. It seems like Jake Gensel is not going to be good to go for the opener. I mean, you still hold out hope. They haven't ruled him out yet. But the fact that he's still not cleared to be with the team and we're seeing Zach Aston Reese have to get back up to speed, it does not look good for Jake Gensel starting on Tuesday. So if you would have had on your bingo card, the Penguins are starting the season without Crosby, Malkin and Gensel. You're probably the only one. But uh, it it won't be it won't be a normal season opener for the Penguins.
0: No, 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 it won't be. In fact, um, don't expect much. To be fair, because we're playing against the GD Tampa Bay Lightning. Mm-hmm. You do know this is an
1: explicit <laughs> um, rated show, Horwat.
0: I, I know, <laughs> but still, there are two Just saying, Tampa Bay Lightning deserves the explicit signature because mm-hmm. my God, are they filthy! Um, that should be a scary game. Let's just tell it as it is. If even the most diehard of Dire Pens fans
1: are probably expecting to start the
0: season 0-1, right?
1: Uh, I feel like there's, there's people that are like me that are kind of optimistic about maybe, you know, banner night, cup hangover, catch them off guard. They're a little bit too caught in the stars. I don't know. But I mean, if Tristan Jari, I mean, it's one game. Tristan Jari can stand on his head and steal this game for the Penguins. I mean, you can win this game two to nothing.
0: You could, you could have, I mean, it's not impossible to win. It's Mm -hmm. hockey. Any, what's the quote? Any given team can win any given night, Mm -hmm. which is still possible. Um, We just, I just have lower expectations. And if (laughs) we lose game one, I'm not going to be broken up about
1: it. That's all my thought process is. Listen, this is the first time since 2018-19 that we're going to have, I mean, barring catastrophe, we're going to have an 82 game season. There's a lot of time to go. That's so nice. The Penguins lost. The opener last year to Philadelphia, they looked awful. They lost what, six to two, six to three. Mark Jankowski was one of the goal scorers. It was a bad game. And the Penguins won the division last year. So (laughs) Tuesday might not go the way we want it to, but let's be excited to watch Penguins hockey, shall we? Like we might be gone or we might be missing Crosby Malkin and Gensel. Let's just enjoy watching the whole team. Let's enjoy watching hockey on ESPN. And then if it goes poorly, let's enjoy watching Vegas versus Seattle, because that's the second game of that doubleheader.
0: Yeah, and, random, and randomly, if anyone remembers 15-16, uh, our first of the back-to-back cup years, we started the season 0-3. We did. Starting <laughs> off, because I, I remember, uh, I think we may have been friends at that point, watching, I think we lost to the Coyotes
1: of all teams in the third game. We did, because the Penguins couldn't score, and Phil Kessel yeah. was the only one that scored goals in that season. Yes, and start. I think
0: I was hanging with you that day, and, mm-hmm. uh... I don't remember our conversations or anything, but we went on to win the damn cup that year. So hey, starting off the season with a loss is not a death sentence.
1: Are we just trying to talk ourselves into the fact that we're not going to start off well and it's going to be okay, though?
0: That's what I'm doing. Okay,
1: I was just I I was sitting here thinking I was like we're all kind of leaning negative in all of these comments, but then bring it around to the fact that we could win the cup this year, which we'll get into our preseason predictions and what we expect for the team in in the next segment, but. To continue with the news cycle for the Pittsburgh Penguins to wrap up training camp, they sent down some more players this weekend. It seemed like all the players that were the young guns that had had a shot, if they performed well, well, none of them really caught the eye quite enough to stay up on the NHL roster. Casper Bjorkfist, Philip Hollander, Nathan Legare, Sam Poulin, Pio Joseph, all sent down to Wilkes-Barre. Louis Domingue, third-string goaltender, cleared waivers, sent down. They placed Michael Chaput and Yusu Rikla on waivers. Both of them also cleared and were sent down. And Angelo was on waivers. Angelo was placed on waivers currently. Sorry. There's just a lot coming out right now, especially across the entire NHL. So yeah. many players being put on waivers and sent down. But that is the list. Bjorkfist, Hollander, Legere, Poulin, Joseph, Deming, Chaput, Rikola, and Angelo. All sent down. Names that are not on that list. Because the Penguins do have to make a couple more cuts. I think they need to cut four more players or three more because Gino will go on IR. So they have three more players to cut. You still have Lafferty on the main roster, Simone on the main roster, Zahorna, who's not playing in the final preseason game. He's still on the main roster and so is Brian Boyle and Drew O'Connor. So a couple decisions to be made there still for the Pittsburgh Penguins as we record this. I'm sure they'll be made by the time this episode airs on Monday, but as of right now, that's where we stand.
0: Yeah. Expect cuts to come out on Sunday, which is tomorrow for us. So let's see if we get this right.
1: (laughs) Oh, we're making, Um, we're making predictions that are immediately going to be like before this comes out, it's going to be proven whether we're right or wrong.
0: Yeah. I just have like one quick take because I have the stream of this game up in front of me. And I think it was Lafferty took a big old five minute penalty. It may have been a 10. I don't know. I'm, I'm watching it on mute. Yeah. Uh, but and also to be fair, in Lafferty's case, no, that was a blue jacket penalty. I don't. I don't want to hear it. Um, yeah, Lafferty took a big old penalty, so I expect him to get the axe maybe, of, in, in some sort. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my only take. Other than that, I think Brian Boyle makes this team. I think because he's made it this far. I mean, yeah. Barkowski got the axe. If he's made it this far, I expect him to kind of make it, I guess. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, one other thing that I didn't mention whenever I talked about Bartkowski not making the NHL roster, he did sign an AHL deal with the Penguins. Oh, word? Yeah.
0: That part I did not know. He,
1: he signed an AHL deal with Wilkes-Barre, I believe. So, Good for him. Uh, but yeah, if I'm going to make a decision right now on who's going to make this roster, I think Drew O'Connor has played his way into the opening night roster. And I think the I fact that Crosby did. is traveling with the team, he's just going to be technically a scratch
0: that's fair he's gonna
1: be on the 23 man Oh yeah because you you can't put him on the ir if he's only gonna miss two games
0: yeah it's there's no point in that you gotta just healthy scratch him or scratch him for Mm -hmm. first couple of games and that makes the most sense because one of the questions that was asked shortly after um his surgery was are you gonna tampa bay lightning ltir one of the two if not both which is a dumb question for in the Crosby's sake because he's gonna be back way sooner than Malkin.
1: Yeah, the Malkin one has a question.
0: Yeah. The Malkin one is a fair it's a fair question. Like you're gonna LTIR him like the mm-hmm. Lightning did, but no. He's not gonna he's be gonna out gonna the whole season. Back. Yeah. We're not gonna just utilize him when the cap doesn't matter.
1: Yeah. So I think if I had to guess which two players are definitely getting sent down, I think it's gonna be Lafferty. And I think it's also going to be Zahorna just because Zahorna has that two-way contract and it's so much easier to send him down without putting him through. Uh, I don't think he has to go through waivers.
0: I don't believe so so either.
1: So yeah, I'm not not exactly sure how that's going to go, but those are the names that have been sent down. None of those young guns in in Joseph, Poulin, Legare or Hollander stayed up. Uh, I think that that's pretty fair. Hollander was was hampered by a little bit of a nagging injury. So that ruined his chances because he missed some time. Uh, I don't think Legare or Poulin were ever set to make it, and I think this uh, coaching staff and this management staff had the idea in their head that they're going to let Pio Joseph start in the in the AHL. I'm sure we'll see him by the end of the season, clearly, but uh, I, I think it was pretty much he was destined for the AHL to start the season.
0: And I, I and to be fair to Pio Joseph, as good as he is, and I think Rossi made an interesting tweet about him not that long ago, but. Um, Mark Friedman, I want to see more from him. Like, more as in, I don't want to see him play better. I mean, I want to just see him play. Yeah. From his, like, four games of experience with the Penguins, he's looked good. I want to just see what he can actually do.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, So I'm cool with him starting in the NHL, to be fair.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that's actually is a perfect segue for us because I have the line combinations here for what we saw at the morning skate on Saturday morning, which is basically what you can expect to see when the Penguins roll into Tampa Bay on Tuesday, and that is Heinen-Carter-Rust on the first line, Zucker-Rodriguez-Kapanen on the second line, Brock McGinn-Teddy-Bluger-Dom Simone on the third, Drew O'Connor, Brian Boyle, and Sam Lafferty on the fourth line. Now, this also had defensive parents like Dumo-Latang, Pedersen-Marino, and then friedman ru who are both fighting each other for that sixth spot. I would imagine Matheson clearly goes in, and one of either Friedman or ru will end up earning that coveted sixth defenseman spot that was up for grabs at the start of the training camp.
0: Uh, this might be even a little more video gamey, mm-hmm. but, uh, Oh, you know what? There's the Blackhawks did it. Why not swap those guys in and out game after game?
1: I mean, you could, yeah. If none with, of them takes over that position, you could definitely do that.
0: Yeah. The Blackhawks did it with Roosevelt during their, like two of their cup runs, I think.
1: mm mm-hmm. Yeah. And
0: Michael Roosevelt, former Penguin, shout out. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah I, I mean, it that's like galaxy braining yeah. or third-line defensive pairing. But, I mean, hey, the, a prominent team in the Chicago Blackhawks did it. But I'm not saying we should. I'm just saying it's a hell of an idea to try, especially early in the season, early in a season where we have 82 games, mm. maybe try it. Don't like hold to it. Mm-hmm. Literally do it to see who comes out on top. Yeah. But it's an idea and I like that idea, but for what it's worth, I think at this moment, I want to see Friedman in over Ruedel mm-hmm. just because I want to see what he can do.
1: Yeah, no, I, I I actually agree with that mainly because we've seen, I don't want to say we've seen a lot of Ruedel because we, we truly haven't. He has not played a lot of hockey with the Pittsburgh Penguins. He's just a spot starter kind of guy. And and You would love to see him finally crack a a normal spot in the lineup, but here's the thing. We've seen him be able to not play and then come in and hit the level that he's expected to hit. Friedman, I'd like to see him start, like you you mentioned. I'd like to see him get the start there to see what we have in him because he really didn't play all that much. Five games. Exactly. So I want to see what he is like. And at the early part of the season where you're already without so many guys on the forward side, you have questions that need to be answered in these first two weeks. And I think Friedman is one of those questions. Let him play. I mean, he's gotten to this point where he's down to the nitty-gritty with the last two people to fight for that spot. Let him play because you know two weeks down the road, if even hasn't even skated in an NHL game, he's still going to come in, put in his 15 minutes of work, and play pretty well. So I don't have an issue with that. Let let Mark Friedman do that. And also just a shout-out to Taylor Haas who I got these line combinations from. It's probably who I'm going to end up getting line combinations from all season. So thanks to Taylor Haas from DK Pittsburgh Sports. She also is the one that put up the fact that Matheson was practicing with Sidney Crosby and Zach aston reese Now Matheson dealing with a nagging lower body injury going into the season as well. We'll keep an eye on that. I would expect from the lineup on Saturday, probably Lafferty out Zach aston reese in if he's ready to go for Tuesday.
0: Yeah, I think that makes the most sense, because we're both assuming Boyle makes this team, so... Yeah. There it is. I think that lineup is... If you would have told me, like, 2015, the year before we won the <laughs> Cup, the year before we won the Cup, if you told me that's going to be our lineup in the year 2021, I think I would have wondered what the hell happened to the point where we had to trade away Malkin and Crosby. Yeah. <laughs> and how is Latang the lone survivor? But clearly... Um,
1: a lot has happened since then
0: a lot has happened since 2015
1: well if you would have asked me at the beginning of 2015 as well I would have been like when did we get Kasperi Kapanen back what happened to Phil Kessel and who was Brian Rust
0: that's a good point I also to be <laughs> to be fair six years is a
1: long time Horvat. because the
0: 2015 year if anyone remembers I we probably would have assumed yeah Karazi and Malkin got traded that offseason huh no <laughs>
1: 2015
0: was a bad year man
1: Oh, you mean 2014-15? 14, 14. 14, yeah. Yeah, I thought you were saying the v, like opening day 2015-16.
0: No. If you would have, like, come to me the day after we lost to New York. Mm-hmm. Um, Carl that lineup broke our hearts. Yeah. If you would have come to me with that lineup, I would have been like, yeah, Karazi and Walken got traded this summer, huh? Yeah. <laughs> like, And then what the hell happened because we got nothing from it, apparently.
1: Mike Johnston stayed his coach. That's <laughs> oh. what would have happened
0: thankfully things do change but yeah. 2015 was a weirder time that was like the just to get off on a quick tangent and then we can get back on topic that was like the first year i remember personally like actually getting into journalism and covering the penguins so that's why i remember 15? that year being bad so senior it was like year like of high school senior of high school i started i did a weekly yeah like a weekly write-up on my high school mm-hmm. newspapers website for the about the penguins and that's how it all started for me now i'm here back to the team um I expect Friedman to be in that spot. I, I mean, yeah. to be fair, like I said, in five games, three points, two of them goals,
1: and a fight. Let's also, Yeah, let's also not forget that in two of those games, he got personally victimized by the Philadelphia Flyers for leaving. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think it'll be a fun time with Friedman in the lineup. I really do. Mm-hmm.
1: So we're going to take a quick break. When we return, we're going to have our preseason predictions for the Pittsburgh Penguins and for the entire league. That was a lot of peas there, but we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Another week of the NFL season means another shot to win big at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a single point. Now, the last 0-0 tie in NFL history was in 1943, so I would say that's a no-brainer. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long in the DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THBN. Throw down $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a single point. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one 800 gambler Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg Podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. We are we're in a good mood today, Horwat. I mean, to be fair, you have some liquid courage in you. I don't, but we're, we're in a pretty good mood, and I think it's because the NHL season is so close. I also think it's because I get to go back to Pittsburgh this next week, so I'm in a good mood. I get to see Horwat in person. It's a fun time.
0: Yeah, you're in a good mood because you get to come home. You get to see me and our buddy who is literally sleeping. He's awake over there. Uh, he's awake on my couch right now. Um <laughs> for a little behind the scenes action of everyone and I'm here with a refill. So, um let's get at that it. Iron City. Yes, exactly.
1: All righty. Well, we're going to have our Pittsburgh Penguins predictions as well as our entire league predictions, some hot takes from me and Horwat. Let's start off with the Penguins though. And I do want to start with something that's rather I feel like rather obvious. I mean, it's going to be the Penguins stat leaders. Goals and points. Let's start with goals. Horwat, who do you think is gonna lead the Pittsburgh Penguins in goals scored this year?
0: Jake, the snake Gensel. Mm, okay. Because for God's sakes, yeah. No, okay, he's not gonna hit fifty like I predicted two seasons ago. <laughs> I've kind of lost that dream. It's still possible, but yeah. um I expect it to be Jake just because he is the goal scorer on this team. He is the consistent goal scorer on this team. Mm-hmm. Um this I mean, I'm sure. You may have a different answer because Crosby, Malkin, Rust are things. Malkin. What am I saying Malkin for? He's going to miss time. But I just think Jake Gensel just pops out of you as the goal scorer on this team, as the um, guy that can get it done at any time of the game, whether it be early, late, Mm -hmm. any time of the season, early or late. Um, He's always pulled through as the goal scorer despite um, being young. I mean – Who also led last year? I don't have...
1: Uh, It was either him or Rust. Yeah, I... I can't remember exactly who. While you're looking that up, I will say that I do concur that I think Jake Gensel is going to lead this team in goal scoring. Even if he misses the first couple of the games because of being on the COVID-19 list for the Pittsburgh Penguins, I expect Jake Gensel to score over 40 goals this year. I mean, last year he was put into a new role as a net front guy. Now, do I think he's going to continue to be the net front guy if... Brian Russ stays on that top line with him and Crosby, then yes. But I think he has that experience now that he's going to be able to kind of shift his role around and be a little bit more successful. I mean, he had success last season. He had, what, 23 goals last year? 23. In
0: 56 games, mm-hmm. he had 23. And he did not lead the team. Crosby did with 24.
1: Okay. I knew they were all very close. And then Rust had 22. Exactly. They, yeah.
0: They literally all went in order. And the year before that, I think it was Jake Gensel's year. Uh, the shortened... Nineteen twenty season.
1: He was injured, but he still scored. I think he had like 43 oh, right. points in 40 games or something like that, but he scored yeah. 20, over 20 goals.
0: 20, he had 20 on the nose because he's on his 20th goal. He got hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rust led that year, followed by Malkin, then then Gensel, then Horquist
1: mm-hmm.
0: with 17, so. and then Crosby. Um, so it was the year before that that I'm thinking of where Jake Gensel owned this team in goal scoring with 40.
1: Mm-hmm. I think he hits that mark again this year.
0: I think so, too. I like a 40-goal mark for him. Mm-hmm. I, I In mean, a full it, 82 games, yeah.
1: It sucks that he's going to miss probably... I would imagine he's not going to go to the Florida trip.
0: Oh, not at all. I was assuming he'd maybe miss the first.
1: I mean, he can't, he can't be with the team if he's on the COVID list. And they're they're leaving Monday night, I would assume. So, it, if they're saying they need Zach Aston Reese to practice with the team, I don't know if... Especially because they're going to come home and stay home. I don't know if Jake Gensel... I don't think he's going to play the first two games. I might be wrong. But even with that, it's still 80 games left in the season. Jake Gensel has shown that other than that shoulder surgery, he is a pretty durable player. So I would expect him to hopefully stay healthy this year. And if he can, I do see a big year for Jake Gensel. I see a big year for Gensel. And I see a big year for Sidney Crosby. And that's who I'm going with for the points. I think this is going to be a massive, massive year for Sidney Crosby. I will talk about that a little bit later with one of our other predictions. But I do want to say I think Sidney Crosby finishes this season with over 90 points. And he paces the Penguins.
0: Yeah, when it comes to points, like total points, it's always Crosby as the answer mm-hmm. because assists count for so much and Sid is so good at um, being the playmaker on this team. While, yeah, he's looked at as one of the best players of all time, mm-hmm. it is it is his playmaking ability that has stood him above the rest on this team. Yeah, he can score goals still too, but it is just his true ability to... Um, Dish the puck out and while he did lead the team in goals last year still just picking up assists has been the name of his game for the past 15 16 years how long has mm. he been in the league 16 years 16. i mean oh, 483 career goals which is already a very good number 839 assists
1: that's nutty he's, he's gonna some. reach a thousand
0: that'd be awesome
1: he's gonna reach uh, thousand assists.
0: yeah absolutely He's only 34 he's mm. got that time got that time Mm -hmm. because did you see his because we're we we as well talk about did you see his comments with Matt Vensel not that long ago uh
1: about playing till he's 45
0: oh give me Sidney Crosby till he's 45 Mm -hmm. remember how many times we talked about yeah we're coming toward the end of the Crosby Malkin era well Crosby and Malkin era yeah but we've also slipped in Crosby could play until he's 50 if he really wanted to because he is Sidney
1: Friggin' Crosby, and the way that he plays the game now it, it helps him as well it's just if he can stay healthy though
0: yeah no it's just it's just funny that we always discuss hey the the era has a year maybe two maybe three years left mm-hmm. but then we also always slip in maybe it's got like seven or eight because yeah. crosby is so young and wants to play for so long It's mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just a wild thing that even he is like yeah i'd like to play till i'm that old yeah it's happening now because he said
1: it. I mean, I believe it was also in an interview with John Butchagross of ESPN that he said, uh, I think Bucci asked him, Hey, you think you're going to play until 45? And he goes, Let's get to 41st, which is still six years in the future. Woo! So, I mean, <laughs> to think uh, how so, old we will be, yeah, whatever that happens. Well, we won't be as old as Sidney Crosby. But, no, uh, <laughs> but
0: we'll, we will have been children, literal. We'll under be 30. 10 years old. Yeah.
1: We'll be 30. We were.
0: That's a, that's a whole conversation for another episode. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And we're also dating ourselves a lot on this episode saying we were in high school. A couple. Yeah. No, let's, uh, let's continue to talk about the Penguins. <laughs> so be it. Yeah. We're the youngins of, of Pittsburgh sports media
0: and of the network. We always get, uh, talked about as, although we're not the youngest on the
1: network. No, Neil is younger than us. Neil. I always, than us. I always know Neil is younger than us.
0: Neil's younger than us. And I believe Nick floor from the, mm-hmm. someone from the, is it him? Yeah. He was like, I think I, he was like, I don't know. Someone was like eighteen on a recent, on a not recent, on like an old after hours. I don't but know. anyway. I don't know. We digress.
1: So to continue talking about preseason predictions, this isn't gonna be a prediction as much, but I do have a question that goes along with it. Our reigning Iron Penguin Award winners, our most prestigious award that we can bestow here at the tip of the iceberg podcast on Pittsburgh Penguins players that has nothing to do with actual merit other than they played or dressed for games. Last year, Jake Gensel and Brian Rust were the only two Iron Penguin Award winners. It seems like Jake Gensel might get knocked out of the running in the first game this year, so that's unfortunate for him. The previous winners the year prior were Teddy Bluger and Marcus Pedersen. So two questions associated with the Iron Penguin Award, Horwat, Do you think we have in our midst somebody that will win for the second time this year? So Jake Gensel is probably out of the question, but Brian Rust, Teddy Bluger, and Marcus Pedersen, do you think any of them are going to win a second time?
0: Bluger's such an iron man I think he might mm-hmm. I'll give it I'm gonna give my edge to him and say yes because he's such an iron man I think he will um I also think he's gonna to want to stay healthy because the Olympics are this year and he is despite not being one of the first three on the Latvian roster which means next to nothing mm-hmm. uh, he is making that team yeah I mean he was literally captain Latvia during the during the qualifiers qualifiers. So he's got something to stay healthy for for the beginning of the season. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah, it's Latvia, and maybe they won't make it very far or do much, but for Latvian players, it's still just something to be there, be on that team and represent your country. So I think he's got a shot because he'll he'll definitely stay healthy for the beginning of the season, Mm -hmm. make the Olympics, and then probably just stay healthy after because he is Teddy Bluger. Yeah. Um, That's my choice for it.
1: Yeah. I would tend to agree just because Teddy Bluger's game does not – kind of put himself at risk very often. I know he missed games last season for for an injury, but he did not miss that many. Um, he, he only missed a handful of games. He just, he, he isn't overly physical. He doesn't fly around there at a high pace. He just kind of keeps his wits about him and he plays kind of a safe style of game. Now, not to say that he doesn't take risks on the ice because he does, but he just doesn't put himself in position to get hurt. So that's why I think he has a chance to win it. And other than that, I mean, Rust stays relatively healthy. But with the way that this lineup is shaping, Rust is going to, especially in a contract year, he might overextend himself. That's the only thing I'm worried about. With the fact that we're missing Evgeny Malkin for two months, that we're missing Crosby to start the season, that we're missing Gensel to start the season. I don't want to see it happen, but I feel like Brian Rust might overextend himself to try to make up for that. Uh, If Sullivan does the right thing, which I think he will, he'll be able to protect Rust and make sure that it's balanced out. But I just, if I'm going to put anybody to play all 82 today, this year, it's going to be Teddy. It's hard to predict anyway because injuries are fickle and in the COVID society, somebody could accidentally test positive and miss a couple games. You never know. But the other thing I wanted to ask, this one probably a little easier to predict than who's going to play all 82. We've had two winners in our first year that we bestowed this award. Two winners in our second year. Over under, there are going to be two Iron Penguin Award winners.
0: Ooh, over under on two under it's gonna be under i feel like i just think there's gonna be zero honestly that's a fair yeah, that's fair too yeah um just because it's it is a COVID year still mm-hmm. and i mean come on man we know so much about the penguins that we've when are we not an injury riddled team yeah it's I, I gotta go under too i mean i said over just because i'm confident yeah but maybe under
1: Did I say under? You said under. Initially, you said under. Uh, I think I'm going to go under as well. I honestly, as much as I'd like to see all of our lineup be healthy, we're starting the year with three everyday guys out. And again, that's if Gensel misses the first game, which I assume he will. And that's also assuming Zach aston reese plays, which he might not. So it's going to be interesting this year, for sure. I just think it's going to be another year where the Penguins are going to have to use a lot of depth And we'll see what it looks like. We'll see what some of those league men signings look like. Maybe a Michael Chaput. Maybe a Taylor Fadoon. I mean, we'll probably see Dom Simone a healthy amount this year. So, I'm going to say under two. I won't go as far as to say it's definitely going to be zero, but I think it's going to be under two. So, I I, I think there's going to be one guy.
0: It's just still some confidence
1: in this team, man. I mean, to be fair, you're only starting with 18. Yeah. So... Let's uh, keep it moving here and talk about, specifically, the man that will miss two months. And our question for the prediction segment is, will Evgeny Malkin come back firing on all cylinders when he returns?
0: I do believe so. Do you? That is one of my takes on the year. I do believe he will, because contract year, you know Mm -hmm. he wants to stick around, and, I mean, once you get a taste of that money, you don't want to lose it. Mm -hmm. I don't think the question is really how much— or. If he'll stay here, but how much he'll make in the next contract. Because I think he wants to stay here. I don't think he'll agree to a contract anywhere else in the league. And if Hextall and Burke don't want to sign him, it's off to Russia with him. Yeah, he's Russian, and that's what they do. Yeah. So I think he's locked in to be a Penguin for life, regardless of if it ends this year or not. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure someone might offer him the money to go somewhere else. But at the same time, I would expect him to... Understand what is on the line for him this year. Mm-hmm. It's a contract year. He's coming back from an injury. From an injury, he's already kind of lost a little bit of money. But he's said multiple times, and I'm assuming at this point means it wants to stay in Pittsburgh for life, mm-hmm. which is cool, awesome. Play well, <laughs> yeah. please. It- and Gino, despite his age, um, is someone I would expect to come back from this injury and just be at the top of his game I'm not saying break personal records but I'm saying be, a, be as top as possible that he can get mm-hmm. with the what's his injury that we can't handle until he's, until he's retired? Shoulder? Elbow Elbow, that's it Despite an elbow issue Despite the new knee issue I'm not saying you know, in however many games it is, score that many points I'm not saying be a point per game player But be kind of close and look good. Don't look lazy. Don't look... Don't have us come onto this podcast and say, why is Evgeny Malkin ruining this team?
1: (laughs) Yeah, uh, I hope I don't utter that phrase.
0: Don't... Here, put it this way, because we're all in the um, what have you done for me recently situation in life. Don't turn into Ben Roethlisberger on this team. Don't... Ben, great, phenomenal career with us. Not looking good now at all. Mm. Let's not see that because, first of all, this city can't take a second one of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And of all people, it being Balkan, oh, my God, Twitter will be a frenzy every game. Every game. Mm. Just every any every shift of his, it'll be trade him now. I don't want him here because the Penguins are a little looser and hockey is a little looser with who stays and who goes. Whereas mm. football, I think we've all kind of accepted Ben is here to stay until he retires which could be at the end of this year Mm -hmm. so yeah i just basically for malkin and i don't think he will don't be ben and play at the top of your game and i think he's got that ability so
1: if he doesn't randomly fall on the ice with nobody around him then he'll already be (laughs) a leg up on ben roethlisberger but uh to go back to the initial question of will he come back firing on all cylinders no Ooh. i i don't i don't think he will i have to disagree with you I mean, from what I saw last season at the start of the year, when he was coming off that elbow surgery, but realistically was looking out of shape and was looking like his legs weren't underneath him to start the year. That worries me going into this year. And also the fact that he's coming off of a knee surgery at the age that he is. I mean, I understand that he played without a knee in the playoffs and looked phenomenal. I, he looked like the best player on the ice for the Pittsburgh Penguins at pretty much all times, other than when Jeff Carter was being a god himself, but... It's going to take Evgeny Malkin some time to get his legs back underneath him. I mean, he hasn't skated in how long? He hasn't skated at the NHL pace, and he won't skate at the NHL pace until December. Maybe post-Christmas. We don't know, because it's at least two months from now. And if he comes back, and he's not 100% ready and needs to get his legs underneath him, then we're going to have Olympic break, which is a three-week break. From the NHL. And I get that he's going to be playing for Team Russia if he can. But that's a different style of hockey. That is a slower, in my opinion, style of hockey than the NHL is. One, because you're on international ice. So it's bigger. And two, just because the Olympics slow down a little bit because there's so much skill. To me. So, with the fact that he's going to be coming back. Late December, early January. Then you have the Olympic break in February. He might realistically not be at his top game until April. So hey. is he going to be is he going to be firing on all cylinders when he comes back? No. I think it might be until after the Olympic break, maybe 3 weeks after the imp- Olympic break until we see Evgeny Malkin at top of his game.
0: That's totally fair. I just I'm banking on yes because he's going to come back hungry. <sighs> I don't and doubt his hungry, hungry Malkin can be dangerous.
1: Yes. But it's, a hungry Malkin also usually doesn't have a surgically reconstructed knee, elbow, and honestly, at this point, we don't know what else.
0: It's also friggin' dangerous because yeah, we know what Malkin can be defensively, and it's not much.
1: <sighs> yeah, I mean, um, I, I don't want to dig on him too much. I just don't think he's going to be able to come back from this at 100% right out of the gate. And the, yeah, way the, that's the way the calendar is set up, I think it's going to take him a while because I think the Olympics is going to mess with it a little bit.
0: It might, and that's totally fair. And I see where you're coming from on it. I just think his hunger might – and that's the point I wanted to make before. I think his hunger just might overtake everything mm-hmm. and just turn him into not a god on the ice, but like a good 35-year-old player. Yeah. That's the other thing, too, his age. we got to take that into effect. And I think he'll be a good 35-year-old player when he comes back, so – I, I'm not going to say I expect a lot, but I would like to see a lot.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, we're on differing sides of that. I hope you're right. I I would love to be proven wrong in this instance. It's just something down in my core. Whenever I looked at this question, I don't think the way it's laying out right now, I don't think he's going to be able to come back and be an impact player right away. I think it's going to take some time for him to get his feet underneath him. And you just hope that in the meantime, the Penguins can stem the tide elsewhere in their lineup. So, we'll have to see that. That, of course, is a couple months down the road. Now, the big question about the Pittsburgh Penguins. Horwath, the Penguins have made the postseason for, what, 15 straight seasons now? 15 straight. Yes, sir. Will the Pittsburgh Penguins be a playoff team this year? Uh,
0: The long and short answer for me is yes.
1: Next question, please. Well, the long and short answer for me is also yes. I mean, cool. I – it does look bleak, but it's looked bleak before. I mean – we are missing Evgeny Malkin, but of course, again, as I just mentioned, I don't think that means quite what it meant before. So, one second. Hello. Yep. Sorry about that. Getting a call from my from my father. Uh, I don't. He's probably yelling at me about my Malkin take already. But uh, already heard you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but no. Uh, will the Penguins make the playoffs this season? Yes. I think time might be running out, and it it is for the Pittsburgh Penguins. This streak is going to end in the near future. But I think this year will be Sid's finest late career work that we will ever see. From 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 the age of 32 until the end of his career, whenever that is, 45, 50, 65 years old, whenever he's done playing, this will be his finest work. Because with Evgeny Malkin, where he is at, with the way everybody is looking at the Penguins, with the way the conference and the division is looking, I think Sidney Crosby is going to do some things this season to carry this team into the postseason that we will look back on and say, this is that is the best we ever saw him late in his career.
0: Never count out a Sidney Crosby team. Put Correct. It that way. I mean, the last two seasons, we've been counted out of the playoffs already. Mm-hmm. And Sidney Crosby himself has been the one to get it done. Mm-hmm. I'm going to add another name to that list of players that can will this team into the postseason. And I'm trying to write a story on it. I ended up getting distracted today. And... Had a few beers, totally forgot what I was writing. <laughs> um, but Jeff Carter, do not underestimate what Jeff Carter can do in the final year of his career. His swan song, his curtain call. Is it? As- assumedly so. <laughs> it's going to be his last year. It's
1: the last year of his contract.
0: But he also threatened retirement before his trade. so We'll see. So uh, we're all safely assuming it's the last year of his career. Jeff Carter, if you want the boldest takes of all time, one of the boldest takes of all time is a fringe Hall of Famer. Because he's always been a phenomenal player, right? Yes. He's an 11th overall pick. But he's always played second fiddle to someone. Yeah. Now, that doesn't go under un, like, unnoticed. He's always been a good player. But he's got something to fucking play for this year. If you want to start slapping... Uh, explicit on ex- it. Yeah, if you want to start slapping explicit uh, notes on this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got something to play for this year because that could be his future. His next stop could be Toronto if he... Can will a team, again, still has second fiddle for most of it, mm-hmm. into something uh, big. And I it would probably take a damn Stanley Cup victory. But for what it's worth, Jeff Carter, like I said, 11th overall pick, has always been a good player, is a goal away from 400 career goals. A mm-hmm. um, little further away from 1,000 points, but um, that's probably not going to happen. He's closer to 800 now. Still very possible if he has a phenomenal year this year and is going to be given an elevated role on this team. If he seems confident and can have the drive, he's got something really to play for in a post-career life, which is a possible Hall of Fame nod. It might not be a first ballot Mm -hmm. in any stretch of the term, but one of those late late ballot, like, hey, this guy was very good, and look what he did through his whole career. Oh, yeah, add in the 2021-2022 season if he has something to do this year, something big, it could push him into those hallowed halls. And I think that should drive him a little bit. Again, he's a fringe Hall of Famer. But yeah. I think it's something to really stand on that if he is able to, because he's won a gold medal, because mm-hmm. it's more than just the NHL play, he's won two Cups and was a huge part of both Cup victories mm-hmm. with LA. Um, if he can do something for this team – all season and then contribute to a deep playoff run. I think his legacy should be cemented in some sort of way there. Yeah. So keep an eye on Jeff Carter this year as well. Mm -hmm. It will be can't miss hockey. Assuming
1: this is his last season. Yeah. I mean, shit. Jeff Carter has taken on basically the captainship captaincy lead as, as the forward and for the forwards. I can't, that was an awful sentence. I don't know what, what happened to me there. I I think I was overthinking when you were talking about what my first sentence was going to be, but Jeff Carter is the leader in this locker room right now for forwards. I know Crosby's back, but, I mean, he's the goddamn second-line center for the Pittsburgh Penguins.
0: And to be fair, also, He's going to play Carter, with some good players. Yeah, in, in 14 games in Pittsburgh so far, he has 11 points. Yeah. Nine of them goals. And that's, I mean, put it this way, in 40 with L.A. before the trade, he had 19. Mm-hmm. We've already boosted his... Uh, Production mm-hmm. and uh, confidence. Yeah. Look out for a hard, um, very good, sturdy Jeff Carter year. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about it, man. He's the fan favorite for a friggin' reason. Yeah. Yeah. Give I me mean, 37. Sure, he'll be old, but hey, man, something fun to watch. We need
1: you for one year, Jeff. That's what we need.
0: Close it out strong. Give it your all. Hmm? There's a lot left in the tank is all I want to hear. I want to hear Mark Henry. Just there's a lot left in the tank.
1: Well, let's, uh, that's a good note to move over to our league takes. Horwat, you yeah. had a couple. I want to lead us off because this one, I've, I've screened this to the high heavens. I've said this on the hockey hotbed podcast. Hmm. I've said this on a guest appearance on Four checking TV. I've said it to anybody that will listen to me. Marco Rossi will win the Calder trophy this year of the Minnesota I like wild. That. If he gets the opportunity, he will win it. Especially if he ends up playing with Karol Kaprizov. Now that is a stretch. Whether or not he's going to do that, but by the end of the season, I could see it. I think Rossi, whenever he came into the league, was touted in that really deep draft as the guy that is the most NHL ready. Now he he dealt with the bout of with COVID last year, he dealt with injuries last year, so this year will be his his rookie season. He is going up against some pretty talented guys like Spencer Knight down in Florida, Cole Caulfield in Montreal, Trevor Zegras in Anaheim. But I think if Marco Rossi's given the opportunity, he wins the Calder this year.
0: So I. I'm going to say two of the three Calder nominees are going to be Rossi and Caulfield right away. Mm -hmm. Spencer Knight, because it's Florida, and because there's a lot going on there in the goaltending situation alone, I just think he misses out. Um, uh, But I bet Rossi slips and wins the Calder Mm -hmm. because of the day and age we're in. Like I said, we're living in a pandemic, right? Yes. And that is what took him out. Of his first of what should have been his rookie season, Mm -hmm. so he's gonna get those um, emotional votes. Those votes of hey, Mm -hmm. that you know maybe he was supposed to be this good last year and we missed out because his line mate possibly Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, was also ruling the league. Yeah, um, I think I I agree with you on Rossi winning the Calder this year because of he's gonna not only be a great player. But he's going to get those heartfelt, hey, he had to miss an entire season of his career because he was dealing with a COVID thing. Oh, yeah, COVID is killing people.
1: Yeah. I think
0: there's something to be said there because it is humans that vote on this, it's not just a robot in numbers. Mm-hmm. So I think he's going to get a lot of those votes of, um, hey, this guy went through some shit came back look what he's done he has to have a good season for it to be fair yeah no just... yeah
1: he's not gonna be able to just go out there and put up 20 points and win the yeah. calder i think he's gonna have a really productive season there
0: yeah and if he does it's his calder it's yeah. his calder to lose i think i mean cole i caulfield... wouldn't go that far i think cole uh, caulfield
1: a... is the odds on favorite right now or odds on?
0: okay uh, i need to get back on to uh DraftKings and lay that bet down now yeah but i mean also Zygris, I...
1: Good, good money goes on lucas raymond because he looks like he's gonna make the team in detroit and he is a stud
0: and I guess uh, Quentin Byfield is not going to start the season with L.A., so... Uh, he's
1: not. He had a fractured leg, so he's out indefinitely.
0: Yep. Yep. i love to see it. Um, so what? I don't love you know to what, see it. You know what I mean. You hate
1: to see it. You do. All right, Horaw, what are, what are some of your hot takes? I know we're getting a little long-winded here. And...
0: We love getting long-winded <laughs> on these kind of shows. It's okay. And we're excited. Um, the season's coming back. Yeah, exactly. We're excited to not only talk about Penguin hockey, but league hockey, because... I mean, hell, you have an entire show dedicated to it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, you ran down all 32 teams. I need to listen to that still,
1: on four different episodes. Let's not. Don't give me that much damn credit.
0: I'll give you. You ran down all 32 teams. I need to listen to it, all of it. <laughs> um, but one of my hottest takes, I think, in terms of league talk, is somehow, some way, as bad as they've been over recent years, the Chicago Blackhawks might be a force to be reckoned with again. I don't know why. It might just be Flurry, but I mean, Jonathan Taves is coming back. Patrick Kane is still Patrick Kane. I don't know what it is about this team, but it, there's something talking to me that's saying, hey, Chicago, how, how much you've counted them out over the last few years, mm-hmm. they've picked up Flurry. Th- through hell and high water, they picked up Flurry. Um, they're going to be a good team. Seth Jones, maybe Seth Jones, maybe. Sure, he's not even the real main reason why I'm saying this. Mm-hmm. It's just because that they still have Patrick Kane, that they still have Jonathan Taves, and oh yeah, Tyler Johnson is there.
1: Yeah, he'll be a good addition to their middle six. <laughs> yes, he will. I think that's a
0: team that can really do something. Oh yeah, Alex DeBrincat is also. Oh, hey, that's what I was, to if be.
1: you weren't going to say something, I was going to mention him because he was over a point a game last year, and I don't think enough people are talking mm-hmm. about him.
0: Yeah, and you want and you want to talk about young studs. Kirby Doc should still be something
1: in this league. If he can stay healthy.
0: Yeah. This team is something to really, you know, fear. Yeah, the the defense might need some help. Yeah. But Seth Jones should help it a little at least. Mm-hmm. And lose. And, and honestly, losing Duncan Keith, phenomenal move. Phenomenal. I'm going to say, phenomenal move by the Chicago Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. Everyone else just needs to step their game up. And I think for a team that has the I don't even know how to put it. They have such a high standard mm-hmm. that you would assume people step their game up a little bit in yeah. a Chicago Blackhawk uniform.
1: Yeah, the Blackhawks are a team that I think Stan Bowman was pressured by Kane and Taves a little bit to to kind of push for this season because they don't want to rebuild anymore. I mean, they're, they're getting sick and tired of it and I understand it because they've been winners for so long and something in the back of my mind says, listen, I <sighs> watching that team in the early 2010s now that they've added... I mean, they have Flurry and in. That's a great goaltending duo. And I also think... I mean, don't underestimate what Jonathan Taves can do after a year off. I mean, he he was injured. I get that. But the guy is what he is for a reason. I know a lot of people kind of crap hit on him, but... Me included. Yeah. But. The, the guy is a very talented player. And he's going to yeah. be a leader for this team. And that's huge for them. The only thing that I think is an issue there is the division they're playing in. Uh, I still think Minnesota is going to be a force. Uh, Obviously Colorado is the best team, was the best team in the league last year. They won the president's trophy. And now I think they might've taken a step back, but they're still going to be a top three, four team in the NHL. I just think that's a tough division to be successful in. If you don't have all your ducks in a row, that's why we see a team like Dallas who can go to the Stanley cup one year and miss the playoffs the next if you're not, all your ducks are in a row. I get the divisions were changed up a little bit, but if, if your ducks aren't set up in that division, you're going to get pummeled. And I think we'll get to our Stanley cup predictions. My Western conference Stanley cup finalist is from this division. And it's not one that you're going to expect unless you've listened to the hockey hot, bit. then you expect it. Mm, that's
0: totally fair. I think I just, it's just, it's just Chicago is always one of those teams. I mean, the penguins have not been able to beat them in how many years ever? We, exactly. They're always one of those teams that finds a way to win. They mm-hmm. always have been. Yeah, three cups speak for themselves. Okay? Penguins have... have a, They won three, it just took a little bit longer. And it, the fact that they were able to kind of run through a mini-rebuild and hold on to their two keys mm-hmm. in um, Taves and Kane and then pick up a flurry somehow mm-hmm. and pick up a Seth Jones, fine. I'll give Seth Jones a little bit of credit here because of that That wild contract he signed Mm -hmm. that's something to be said that that should that's a confident team going into this year and you can't doubt confidence especially in yeah the division's heavy Mm -hmm. and i think that goes into my other hot take for the season which is um the pacific is going to be god awful and a bad team is going to make the playoffs
1: yeah i don't think that's too much a hot take i don't know about a a bad team making the playoffs because i think there's a lot of middling teams there i think whoever's going to finish third in the pacific is going to be decent, but I don't think it's going to be any team we have to fear going to the Stanley Cup.
0: I bet the third team in the Pacific is the lowest in the playoffs, though. I'll start there. Yeah,
1: that? I I wouldn't doubt that. I think that division is very easily Vegas' to win, and then I think Edmonton yeah. is probably going to slot in at second just because oh boy. Connor McDavid is going to will his team to victories. But other than that, there's a lot of, I mean, LA took a hit with Byfield, but if they take a lot of steps forward, they could push for it. What is Calgary? What is Vancouver? What is Seattle? What is Seattle? We don't know. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. I think Vancouver is probably, if I'm putting my money on somebody, th- that team has the most potential, especially offensive. But, I mean, Seattle built this team to win the Pacific. So, I don't know. It, it, it's going to be interesting at, to the point of I think it's the worst, still the worst division in the NHL going into this season. But it's still going to be fun to watch, especially with Seattle and Vegas kicking us off here on tuesday yeah it will be
0: very interesting and i just um feel like chicago is gonna reach the postseason mm-hmm. albeit a wild card um okay but still in you know and again you're about to ask for like playoff and postseason predictions i did not write those notes down
1: i just have stanley cup we don't cool. we don't get we don't got to get we don't got to go on the, all the postseason because we'll be completely wrong on 90 percent of it as we usually are but uh, did that last year we did that last year we said everything uh, i don't know why but we said everything because hey, it was wrong. fun
0: because it was fun so
1: we'll just do stanley cup predictions but before we do that i have one more technically hot take austin matthews is scoring 50 i think that's he's gonna score 50 i mean john Butchergrass said he's gonna score 61 so holy crap but, uh, you yeah, know, Matthew's going to score 50 this year. McDavid is going to—50 goals, I should say. McDavid's going to score over 130 points.
0: 130?
1: I almost said 150 because I think he might get close to 100 assists this year.
0: Good Lord. Who is he dishing it to?
1: Leon? That's it? Leon Dreisettle and Zach Hyman.
0: Oh, that's right. Zach Hyman's up there. I have not looked down a lot of the team's rosters yet.
1: Mm-hmm. I, also, because the there's going to be an increase of power plays at the beginning of the season because of the cross-checking oh, yeah. stuff. He's going to eat it up in the Pacific. Wrong. Over 130 points. That's where that that's the over under I'm setting.
0: <laughs> Playing in a division with Drew dowdy yeah, he's gonna eat up those cross-checking
1: penalties. <laughs> and Matthew kachuk
0: Yeah, he's not. He's the one that has a contract. Okay, Brady's the one. Yeah,
1: Brady, Brady still doesn't have a contract as of now. So those are those are my final league hot takes before we and get I into like Stanley those. Cup predictions.
0: And I like those. I the McDavid one I don't like just because I'm a city Crosby supremacist. Clearly, yeah. Um, well, but you know what? I don't totally disagree. I'm going to lean toward 130 rather than 150, though.
1: Yeah, 150 is a bit ridiculous. I mean, the only. I look at 130, I'm like, the guy scored 105 points in 56 games. I know he's not going to keep that pace because that is impossible when you're playing, you know, Full. when you're actually traveling yeah, and not and playing in, in miniseries, but. And
0: not playing garbage Canadian division teams. Well,
1: I mean, one of them went to the Stanley Cup finals, so. <laughs> okay, but. <laughs>
0: To be fair, they should not have won against Toronto, but Toronto did Toronto. Yeah, well,
1: let's uh let's finish off this segment because we still got a whole Penns poll to go. Let's finish off this segment with our Stanley Cup predictions. Horwat, I'll go first uh, because I know you need a little bit of time. Eastern Conference, when I look at the Eastern Conference, I think it is kind of a murderer's row. There's a lot of really good teams, especially in the Metro, but I also think the Atlantic is sneaky strong this year. They're going to be tough teams to beat, especially I think Ottawa is going to be a surprise team. I don't think they're going to come close to the playoffs, but I think they're going to be very, very tough to beat this year. But I still think there's one team. When I look at who's going to go to the finals, I still think Tampa. I do. I think Tampa, this is probably, I don't know. I just look at what they have. I know they lost a lot, but they picked up some really good pieces. Corey Perry, Zach Bogosian, P. Pierre Edward belmar that's a ho- I always mess that name up, but I I actually got it out this time. Those guys matched with you know a Matthew Joseph, a Ross Colton. That team is so good, and I didn't even say the top stars. I'm talking about the bottom six here. So I think that team added a lot to make up for what they missed. I don't think they did perfectly because they they lost their entire third damn line and Tyler Johnson, but. That team, I and mean, when you have Vasilevsky, you have the Kucherovs, you have Brayden Point, who I noticed today is signed through 2029-30, 20, which huh. to see a contract end in 2030, in my mind, just is blasphemous. But, to see
0: the year 2030. Yeah, <laughs> honestly.
1: So, I have Tampa Bay in the East, making it back to the finals. And in the West, this is my dark horse pick, and I'm going to stick with them all year long. Winnipeg Jets are going to the what? Stanley Cup Final. That you is my like surprise pick.
0: Sound like me last season? Hell yeah!
1: Yeah, uh, yeah well, you know, Connor Hellubuck is my pick to win the Vesna. I did that on my latest episode of the uh, Hockey Hotbed. I said he's going to win the Vesna. I think that defense is finally reformed from what it was two years ago when, as you called it, Neil Pionk and his band of merry men. They finally added some pieces. You have Brendan Dillon. You have Nate Schmidt there. You do ha- still have Neil Pionk, but I think that you know that defense is a lot better. Plus, you add in a guy like P. L. Dubois who's going to be able to help on the back end because he is one of the better two-way forwards in the league. He gets a full year this season without all the crazy stuff that happened to him last year. This team can score. This team is in a division that is going to allow them to score. And I think this is going to be a year where we see the Winnipeg Jets take that next level. Because the last fact that I want to mention about this team, three of the last four years, and again, I have parroted this for the past month and a half. Three of the past four seasons the Winnipeg Jets have been eliminated by a team that went to the Stanley Cup finals. That's all I'm going to say about that. I'm done. Winnipeg, Tampa. That's my final.
0: Oh, that's such a fun final, honestly. The, the stuff you've never seen before is always fun. Mm-hmm. All right. So mine, without any sort of previous research or looking into it, <laughs> um, I just, but as I'm looking at teams and I'm looking at, trying to look at rosters as much as I can, Mm-hmm. I'll start in the West because that one is, let's be honest, it's just not as good. And I think there is just the obvious—I mean, not even the obvious choice—because um, there is a little competition. But I just feel like I said them last year, so it's Colorado mm-hmm. again, just because for God's sakes, please do it. Um, part of my pick is just I want to see them do it finally for once, like make it to the finals, do something. Um, Really, pro- Nathan McKinnon, really prove you are the player that people keep saying you are. I get you're fun, you're pheno- a phenomenal player. If we just want to see it in the late rounds, mm-hmm. you know, we know you have the regular season talent. We know you can score goals at will. I mean, the rest of the team just has to help you out. Who's their goalie this year again? Darcy Kemper.
1: Darcy Kemper. I'm and, a whole uh, buy still. And Pavel François is still there.
0: The whole by. I think Kemper on a new team could mean something. You know, everyone loves the whole uh, the new environment. It's always
1: good for them. There's a lot of goaltenders in new homes this year.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and so it's gonna be an interesting year for goaltending. And in the East I hope everyone's ready for this because it is not just me earning brownie points in the apartment but Toronto, for the love of God, do it for the sake of just everyone's Insanity. I want, I want to see Toronto make it finally. Mm-hmm. And it's not just because I'm a fan of Steve Dangle and because I love my girlfriend, but uh, they just awesome. Matthews, like you mentioned, 50 goals. He's too good to just stop at the first round. Mm-hmm. John Tavares, as much as he may be overrated, he's getting paid too much to stop at the first round. Mm-hmm. Mitch Marner, he's too good to stop at the first round. Mm-hmm who's their goaltending duo again jack campbell and peter morazic that's where the question marks lead in again but that's for honestly maybe 23 of the 32 teams the goaltending is gonna be everyone's question mark this year Mm -hmm. i think it's just gonna be a random goaltender this year clearly as i have kemper and campbell going to the finals um but this is the year to do it for them Mm -hmm. because it is this whole last dance feeling like you know, maybe the Penguins have a last last dance feeling, but this year for Toronto, it's the last dance feel. If they don't make it, they're selling they're selling house. Mm-hmm. They're giving up on the on this whole dynamic they have, and I think they want to keep the dynamic going. It's just a matter of if they break past the first round, it's going to be like the Capitals. Mm-hmm. They're going to get over their hump, and that's it. They're just not going to stop. Yeah, so listen i will absolutely eat a crow whenever they lose in the first round again because <laughs> that's my second prediction is that they also lose in the first round so it's yeah. either they win it all or they're done early because that's yeah. just the way the leafs work so mm. if they make it past the first round i think there's nothing stopping them mm.
1: i don't think it's the last dance for them because they have never danced really before in this era i think it's the let's dance year for them Let, let's and do like something that. for once yeah. i like that uh, i think the penguins are much more last dance because uh we'll see how much time they have left with this this core three but i like that our stanley cup predictions are vastly different winnipeg tampa colorado toronto the only thing that's similar is its central team and its atlantic team that's it's the only four, only similarities we have it is
0: four different teams that don't include the penguins also i made my picks out of pure non-homerism because i would love to say the penguins i
1: would They've lost in the first round the past three years. I'm not giving them Stanley Cup contendership until they show playoff. me the reason We're,
0: we're giving them playoff contendership. And I'm, I, you know what? Honestly, I bet Toronto goes through Pittsburgh. There. Oof. As much as it would divide this apartment and probably burn the entire complex down. I am giving that series a chance because I think that would be fun. I honestly think Pittsburgh might come out on top in that series. But. <laughs> that is
1: so far out in the future. There is, is so, so much that's going to change.
0: Yep. But. Um, now I just need uh, Megan to listen to
1: this episode. And... and probably smack you upside the head with a flip-flop.
0: There's not one in, re- in distance. She usually has her flip-flop sitting right there. So ah,
1: Okay. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and we've been very much rambling on this episode, but we're going to come back, we're going to finish it up with a pens pull, and we'll send it off for the first time this week on our way to game one of the NHL regular season. We'll be right back. Hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first-round draft bust? We have it all and more on the
0: Hockey Podcast Network, your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL.
1: Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network, as well as DraftKings. Make sure you use promo code THPN when you visit the DraftKings Sportsbook app for great odds and opportunities. Once again, that is promo code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. We're going to finish this one off Horwat with our weekly pens poll. This time, submitted by you, Mr. Horwat. This did was it. I your did idea. Thing. This was your idea this week. And your idea ended up being a complete and utter just blowout yep. for Kasperi captain. Yep. The question was, which of these penguins is most primed for a breakout season? Kasperi Kapanen, 77% of the voters on Twitter. Go with Cappy. Cheeks clapping and getting all the votes. John Marino finishes with 13% modestly in second place. Danton Heinen has 8% finishing in third. And we did throw an other option in there, 2% of the vote. I imagine that amounts to one whole vote. But at Bergfan on Twitter also commented. I'm sure he's the one that said other. And he said, Zucker. And I like that pick as well. I, like I do. That. I like Jason Zucker to come out this year, mainly because he said the one thing that he needed to do, shoot the puck. And the, the the coaching staff agrees that he did not shoot the puck nearly enough last season, and his shooting percentage was down, which created the low totals when it comes to goal scoring for Zucker. So I like that pick, at fan, Thank you for submitting that. Thank you for commenting and always following us because he is always in our comments. We love to see it. I picked Kasperi Capitan just because I think Kasperi Kapanen, th- all the signs point to the fact that he is going to be a monster this year.
0: Yeah. No, he will be. I think, so I went with John Marino, and I'll get into my reasoning in a minute. Um, I didn't go with Kapanen because I predicted his breakout season was going to be last year. Mm-hmm. New team, new era in his career. Yeah. And for 30 points in 40 games, you know, late start to the season, injury. I would say that's kind of a breakout year for him already. Mm-hmm. He's kind of already had it. Not that he can't, you know, have another great have another great season, but that's what it would be. It would just be yeah. another great season, not his breakout season. Again, it, it, a breakout season for him would be a point per game, mm-hmm. and I'll give him that if he does that. Hell yeah, I'm about it. Um, but I just feel like he kind of already had his time to shine. That mm-hmm. that was my take on it, at least. Um, yeah. If you want to go a little more in depth, go for it. Because I'm yeah. totally here for Kasperi Captain content all yeah.
1: day. No, I, I think the way that he has been deployed in this preseason shows me that Mike Sullivan is a big fan of Kasperi Captain and what he's going to bring to this team this year. He did have a good season last year. As you mentioned, he, he came over late. He had the visa issues. He had the injury issues. He played on a bunch of different lines. He played first to fourth line on both sides. I mean, he was all over the place last year. And he still produced 30 goals in 40 games. But... The curse and what's the opposite of a curse? I can't think of it right now. The curse and the blessing yeah, of being on the it. Pittsburgh Penguins is that you get to play with a star center of Evgeny Malkin or Sidney Crosby. So the blessing is you get to play with those guys and that helps you. That makes you a better player. That helps your numbers a little bit. The curse is you're never going to get as much credit as you probably should whenever you have a breakout season like Kasperi Kapanen had last year. Also, COVID-shortened season you're not going to get as much credit in the league. But this year, I think he continues that pace. I think he improves on it if he can stay healthy. And the fact that he was here for a full training camp. And also, he's playing with Jeff Carter this year. I mean, he's starting the year probably with Evan Rodriguez as his center for the first couple games. Then he's going to get Jeff Carter. And if he produces the same numbers, yeah, Jeff Carter is probably going to be fairly good if he, he... shows anything like he did last year, but that's not a star center. I love Carter. He's not a star center. So if Kapanen does that, that's what I mean when I say he's primed to be a beast, he's primed to break out, and I think if he's able to produce at the level he did last year, just just repeat, but do that alongside of Carter instead of Malkin, ESPN, TNT, they're going to take notice. The national media will take notice of that. So that's why I think he's primed for a breakout.
0: And I like that. I'm not totally disagreeing. It's kind of, It's been the take from everyone, and I agree with it. I'm not mm-hmm. out here saying, no, he's not going kind to of have a No, he will. He'll have a phenomenal season. It's just a matter of my thoughts are he had it last year. It's just going to be another great season from him. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion, yeah. period. As for my choice of John Marino, I appreciate that someone else voted for John Marino, by the way. Shout out to <laughs> whoever that, that person was.
1: You're not alone. Yeah.
0: Um, but John Marino, I just think it's gonna be his breakout year because we expect him to do better mm-hmm. he didn't have a phenomenal season last year he had a good rookie and then a sophomore slump we're expecting more from him mm-hmm. he got the big contract it's his future team if anyone remembers the matt Venzel episode we did um, interviewing him he said john reno could be the captain of the team one day i have not let go of that mm-hmm. so i'm I have this feeling that John Rio, since he's going to be here for a while, since he may have the prediction of being the captain one day, Mm -hmm. he's got to rebuild himself. And it starts this year. Whether it be as a pure defensive defenseman or a solid two-way guy or even an offensive defenseman, he's in that learning curve still Mm -hmm. where he's picking up what his game is going to be. Anything is possible for him this year, this is just where it happens. This is where it starts Mm -hmm. this season. So my eyes for breakout, whether it be – defensively or you know scoring wise my eyes are on john mario to have the breakout year Mm -hmm. just a matter of where it falls Mm -hmm. and i'm open to all of the options for him yeah um because it's not that last year was totally awful Mm -hmm. but we just expect more we don't (laughs) expect to see the mathis and cc combo above him I mean, yes, is not here, but you get where I'm coming from. We expect yeah. him to be the second line guy right now.
1: Yeah, no, it w- it was a disappointment last year Yeah, to see him and Pedersen as being deployed as our third pairing on defense. It was a disappointment. And that is probably the most polite way of saying that. To see a guy that we had such high expectations for in John Marino, especially he signed that contract before the season. And we were like, this is great. We locked him up early. And then he goes out yeah. and has a sophomore slump. It was disappointing. No, we're not throwing him out like yesterday's news, but it, w- it was a step back. Now, again, Matheson is back. CC is gone. It was nice that we had those guys that were able to take that second pairing role and were able to take that mantle and allow John Marino to have that sophomore slump and not have it be a detriment to the team. But we need him now. CC is gone. We don't know who's playing with Matheson. We don't know whoever does play with Matheson if he's going to be able to get the same production that Cody Cece got out of him. We want to deploy Mike Matheson as a third pairing guy. We are best when he is being deployed as a third pairing guy. For that to happen, we need John Marino. So I like your pick. I think he's gonna have a better season. He has to. He just has to. If he doesn't, it's not gonna be pretty. But he I think he's ready for it. I again, I thought he was ready for it last season, so I don't want to make a prediction on John Marino. I think he's ready for it. I hope he's ready for it because I want to see John Marino have a massive season this year. And I know you do too. So I, you probably have a little bit more belief that he's going to do it than I do, but I'm right along there with you in hopes that he does.
0: I don't, know. I, don't I don't have too much more. I have to pee really bad. So yeah,
1: no, like... that's, that's fine. I think we're wrapping <laughs> it up anyway. I'm, I'm yeah. I, I got a pack for my trip, yeah. so I, we got to get it all settled. That's going to do it for this episode of The Tip of the Iceberg. If you tune in our Thursday episode, we will not have instant analysis. We will not have reactions from game one because, like I said, I'll be on a trip. Won't have time to record. But we will have a fun interview with the boys of the official Caps Chirp podcast. Kind of our always official start to a new season at The Tip of the Iceberg with Hockey Troll and Polly Cupcakes. So tune in for that on Thursday. But that is going to be it for this episode of The Tip of the Iceberg. Thank you all for joining us all off season long. But guess what? This is our final off-season episode. We are now going to be doing in-season episodes from here on out. That's it. We'll see you guys next week, honestly. Have a good one, Pens fans. You can follow us on Twitter at horwat 41 and at Nick underscore Berlansky. You can also follow the show's Twitter handle at Iceberg Podcast. This podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcast from, so please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. We are brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. You can visit them on Twitter at Hockey or at the Hockey Every team, everywhere.